as we all know, in education, the stuff that we're learning today is going to be basically useless in yeah, three, yeah. four, or five years. Hi guys, Matt LaMarche here with Keller Williams First Atlanta. Hope you guys are doing well. If you have a business or a nonprofit that you'd like to see featured here, please feel free to give me a call at 678-687-4397 or shoot me an email to matt at mattlamarche.com. Thanks so much. I think that would be kind of cool to hear the background and yeah. how this all came to be, but also kind of where you see um, all of this going. Yeah, so, you know, really in 1972, the school was established, and the original name of the school was Mount Vernon School, hmm. uh, and uh, Mount Vernon Presbyterian Church, probably, I don't know, a year or two later, uh, from a preschool standpoint, sort of took over that preschool and incorporated uh, into uh, into the life of the church. And as most schools do when they start out that way, they add grade levels and eventually added a number of grade levels and really became a preschool through grade eight school for a number of years. Mm. And so in the early 2000s, really this community, especially people and their families that had sent their children here throughout that entire period, sort of indicated, you know, why don't we build a high school? Why don't we have a vision around you know, finding a plot of land to allow our children to continue on and actually graduate uh, from Mount Vernon. Uh, certainly they're going to great schools within the city, but hey, why don't we just continue that process and do it right here? And so what's interesting about it is obviously when I, and this predates me, but uh, when I hear about the different areas in which they were looking for, uh, it was something that, uh, uh, that this location across the street from the original location, uh, this was more towards the end of the process than at the beginning. Hmm. Uh, so really the, what we know as the Glen campus today uh, and where our high school and middle school students reside, uh, this was not the first couple of options that were identified by those founders you know, at the beginning. Hmm. So it's just an interesting dynamic. So the school was really supported by the Glenn family, Tom and Lou Glenn, of really supporting the school and uh, wanting to allow them to build the high school on this property. So we were originally in the early 2000s able to purchase a property of 30 acres across the street from the Mount Vernon Presbyterian Church campus of about seven acres that currently houses preschool uh, and lower school students for the most part. And uh, we were able to purchase 30 acres and build a main building and some athletic space and that sort of thing, knowing that over time we'd build out the footprint, you know, of this of this campus. Mm -hmm. So, you know, since my arrival in 2009, we have renovated actually all those spaces on the the founders campus, the church campus. We have been able to add an additional building, the Mustang Athletic Center. Uh, we've actually also able to uh, add 10 more acres, uh, I believe somewhere in 2015, 2016, we were able to add 10 more acres to this Glen Campus property. So uh, in total, the Glen Campus encompasses about 40 acres and seven acres across the street. So 47, I guess, in total, the seven in partnership with the church as, as uh, we, we continue to work and collaborate with them. So because there's been quite a demand for Mount Vernon as a school, and as I've talked about the growth period, you know, this is a school company organization 
that actually grew during the during the recession, mm-hmm. which is really remarkable. And so, you know, the support of our families and the word of mouth about Mount Vernon has been uh, remarkable. So there's been such a demand on the school. When I first came 10 years ago, the high school had less than 110 students. So we, this is like our 12th or 13th graduating class. Um, today we have 110 freshmen. So we have more freshmen today than we had in the entire upper school 10 wow. years ago. So it's been remarkable. So with that has called us, caused us to build a new building for our upper school students. So the main building that we're conducting this interview in today mm-hmm. uh, is where high school students reside, but middle school students will move into this building next year in August of 2019. And then our upper school students will move into a very unique, innovative, creative, collaborative space in in the in August of 2019. It has some, um, it's about a 50,000 square foot facility. Uh, it has some unique products in this building. Uh, for example, the glass is an interesting product. So the glass in this building, so certainly we had to purchase glass uh, because it would require that. But instead of just having a vendor and, and supplying the glass for any sort of building, we always look at opportunities as partnerships and projects where companies can actually invest in what we're doing and then it can be mutually beneficial hmm. to uh, to assist them in, in some way. So we have partnered uh, and we hope that we're partnering with companies that have similar values. Sure. So we partner with an innovative company out of Silicon Valley called View Glass. They do a lot of Amazon and Google type of buildings. Uh, they're, they're also in the higher ed space. Uh, they're not as much in the K-12 space. So in this region of the country, uh, from a K-12 environment, preschool through 12 environment, this product does not exist except for now in this part of the region of the country. And this glass is dynamic intelligence glass. So it understands what's happening on the outside. In other words, how light or dark it is on the outside, whether it's raining that day or it, it's like today, no cloud in the sky and the sun is out which is nice, uh, that uh, the glass understands that wow. uh, and will shade the glass four different shades uh, based on what's happening on the outside. So it can automatically do that, or I could control each panel with a smartphone hmm. if I needed to. So what's great is it doesn't require any interior shading, which costs money. It removes all glare from the sun when it is out. and. What also it allows it to do is, is reduce the tonnage to heat and cool the building. Hmm. So it's environmentally friendly, uh, it's cost effective, it is cognitively, uh, the more light you have in a learning environment, the better. So research certainly plays that out just hmm. from a learning environment. And it's an innovative company that shares similar values and we know that as they bring clients on campus because this becomes a showcase place for them, we also get to continue to tell our story and potentially create additional partnerships out of that. Uh, Another unique part of the building is around the interior walls of the building. So uh, it's important to have as much flexibility and agility as possible. And so you want to be able to contain as many spaces as you want or open them up as much as you want. Mm. And so basically, the interior walls of this building, uh, there are no fixed interior walls. So all the walls move vertically up into the ceiling. Hmm. The sound rating is actually better at 
at sheetrock sound rating or better. Um, and, uh, and so it, it really you, it doesn't have the sound that you might think uh, between those. Hmm. They're all writable surfaces too. Uh, so I can create three spaces, I create two spaces, I create one large space. So uh, many schools just historically, you know, you, you're in a hallway and you see a set of classrooms on one side and a set of classrooms on the other. This is a building where all the interior walls move and there are 22 garage doors in this building too. So, so the doors themselves, while there are actual traditional doors to a classroom, there are also these large openings. Hmm. So, the, so the flexibility is not only in the interior, but is also speaking out into corridor spaces where wow. learning extends into other areas. So just giving you a flavor of what's yeah. inside this building. And it's very unique in that scale. You would not necessarily see this in a preschool 12 uh, environment. Yeah. And so we look forward to, you know, we have probably 200 to 300 educators that come to Mount Vernon every year throughout the country. Uh, to right here in Sandy Springs, matter of fact, uh, even our summer experiences, we have them stay at a local hotel right here in Sandy Springs. Just to, uh, you know, we also like to have events, whatever they may be, right here in the city to continue to promote that. But with those visitors that uh, come to us, we know that there'll be many more. And with those visitors from around the country, they're coming right into the city and seeing, you know, you know, where we are. You know, we, going back to a concept that we talked about earlier around being a private school with a public purpose, you know, we also know, you know, in terms of, you know, the the homeless community here in Sandy Springs and the the, the struggles uh, of under-resourced areas in Sandy Springs. And so we want to, uh, the Community Action Center and the work, the great work that the Community Action Center does, we want to be integral partners. Uh, we're entitled to nothing as a school. Uh, we don't expect people to give us anything, but how can we, how can we serve and uh, rather than just be served? Uh, how can we give rather than just take yeah. um, as a school as a school community? And this building uh, will provide so many opportunities uh, uh, for that. Yeah. Well, as we were talking about before, with all the decisions that have to be made mm -hmm. <laughs> to take on something as simple as what just seems like glass, right? Yeah, yeah. But to take it to such another level yeah. and to have it, the strategy behind it to me is really cool, you yeah. know? Uh, because something like that could easily just be written in and say, Another glass window, another yeah. glass door. Yeah. This is how much it costs. This is a part of your budget. Exactly. Yeah. But to take all of those things into consideration, I think, is really cool. And it shows the level of intensity and, yeah. and intent, I think, that you guys have yeah. thinking beyond, you know, the here and now, yeah. which is really cool. Um, so talk a little bit about the future. I mean, as we all know, in education, the stuff that we're learning today is going to be basically useless in yeah, three, yeah. four, or five years, but certainly for these foundational years yeah. of kindergarten through 12th grade. Yeah. Um, you know, what are you guys looking at? What are the trends that you guys see? And what are the benchmarks that you're trying to set forth to not just differentiate you guys, but differentiate your students as they go out of their senior year in, in yeah. high school and into college? No doubt. If you look at our current strategic plan that tends to be, you know, again, ambitious and audacious, it really has a number of threads, strands uh, through it that I think uh, that is referencing what you're asking. You know, part of it is around just the learner, uh, whether that be the adult learner as the teacher, administrator, or the parent, or the student learner, uh, and how do you continue to push forward and allow people to 
to have the freedom and autonomy to grow and pursue a curiosity and passion. Uh, that's really interesting when you have all these learning outcomes, you know, per grade level, and it has to build, you know, so, you know, somewhere. But we're really interested in how to through that. How do we continue to diversify the network for our students? Hmm. So regardless of the grade level, we want them interacting with people from various a diverse set of industries, diverse diverse set of populations, a diverse set of experiences, so that they. And this is not about career day. This is really about having them evaluate our students' work, give them feedback, empathize with people, uh, connect with people, cultivate new partnerships. Uh, we preschoolers can do it, sixth graders can do it, and juniors, you know, can can do it. Um, another thing that we continue to look at a great deal is we know more about mind, brain, science education than we ever have before. So this neuroscience field continues to emerge and we learn more things about about the brain and what we know is just even for the two of us we both have a jagged profile where I have areas of strength where you might not and you have areas of strengths where I don't uh, it doesn't mean that that uh, I'm better than you or you're better than me but it, it indicates that we have a better understanding of understanding you, you, what you're uniquely capable of, and how can we continue to tap into that and learn from it as a way to continue to uh, push you forward. So, so I feel like there's kind of this new frontier around uh, neuroscience, and the more we're learning, the more that we can equip our staff, and the more that they can have an impact uh, on students. Hmm. Uh, more is being diagnosed, uh, it's not as if these are new learning difference discoveries or, or potential, but uh, it's because we know more. Hmm. Uh, and if we know more, if, we, if we're equipped uh, from a staff perspective, from an adult perspective, uh, we really can have a, a, a larger impact upon students. You know, we continue to look at how to assess students uh, differently. We know that just a list of numeric averages and a list of courses uh, is only one data point to who a student is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I know we all think that our, our children uh, are uniquely special to us because they are. And because of that, that uh, we know that our children uh, are more than just a numeric average. And so how do you not only set the conditions for unique experiences for them, like working with corporate or nonprofit partners, but also giving feedback in the way that is more about the learning than what you earn. Hmm. Uh, and so, uh, so that's important. You're going to continually see that more emerge uh, in the country. Uh, we're a part of a consortium of schools across the country that is actually reimagining the transcript and actually making an impact in particular on tier one universities uh, in the country. And Mount Vernon is an active member in that in that conversation. So it's how can we best equip students and continue to have more authentic moments of learning, assess them in a more authentic way, and and how do we know more about who they are as a way to do that? Are all things we continue to look at, uh, and then finally, you know, the World Economic Forum and their Future of Jobs report. You know, continues to put out, you know, a set of important skills that are critical of entering the workforce today. And school is not just about the workforce, but as one facet, one important facet of it is that you see the skills that are listed, and these are around 
coordination and people management and critical thinking and problem solving. And I think, you know, adults, no matter what industry they're in, they could always identify people that lack people management and coordination and critical thinking and problem solving. And we just say we don't want to be a school that says, you know, when you get to college or graduate school, like really get deeper into those skill sets. We're saying that knowledge is important here. We're still, the you know, teaching kids how to read and write and, you know, uh, compute uh, and understand the concepts behind that. Uh, but in addition to that or connecting to that are particular skills. Uh, to be an effective communicator, uh, to be a creative thinker, to be a problem solver, to really be intentional on incorporating those skill sets in in what the work that's being done, as well as assessing that along the way, which is hard to do. Um, we feel like the skills and dispositions are just as important and are interdependent to the knowledge that we're trying to impart. Because as someone said, if knowledge doesn't go anywhere, then it just sits there and really, like you're saying, will die and go away. Mm -hmm. So uh, how can the knowledge be active and applicable and move forward? You know, we want our students to be engaged citizens, and in order for them to do that, knowledge has to go somewhere more than more than just a test yeah. uh, of, of the way in which we went to school. Hmm. I think one final thing to really mention that really accentuates uh, the work here at the school if we're truly wanting to be a school that is a multiplier in the education space, and certainly our primary responsibility and investment is right here at Mount Vernon with our students and our, and our families, but we also have a strong desire and passion to be a multiplier in the space. So as a way to do that, uh, in I think around 2012, we've launched the Mount Vernon Institute for Innovation. And so this Institute for Innovation is this transformation Hub that actually serves the corporate community, nonprofits, and civic environment as well, uh, mainly in the education space, but it but it has the impact well beyond that. And so, this is a group that not only does the type of research that helps us advance the work here at the school, but also hosts various experiences. And one of those experiences is a summer experience for educators right here at Mount Vernon. So we have educators from around the country and, and we've had them as far as India and, and uh, South America, other parts of, of the globe that have actually attended this experience. And so this experience, even if you're not in the education sector, we really employ or deploy design thinking method and protocol that has be, is becoming more in vogue in, in the corporate sector as well as across other educational organizations. We've trained many educators in particular, but this would be applicable for any training for anyone outside of that. And we host a summer of experience. Matter of fact, uh, we're starting and it's called Fuse. And, this, and uh, it's in June and you can find the information to this experience on the Institute for Innovation website. It's mvifi.org. Gotcha. mvifi.org and on that actually we're starting the experience uniquely enough um, at the City Springs uh, Performing <laughs> Arts Theater. Nice. So we're starting there as a large venue almost like a TED-like experience mm -hmm. uh, where you'll have a number of people uh, experts uh, speak in short form uh, to the work <laughs> and we'll start out the day uh, the, the experience there and then the uh, the last two days of the experience 
although their various tracks are right here at the Mount Vernon uh, campus. Nice. So it's a unique experience that anyone can tap into from the education community and well beyond that to kind of check out in a informal, uh, kind of an indirect way of what mm -hmm. the work is here at Mount Vernon. Uh, but, uh, but our goal is how can we continue to be a multiplier uh, in the space. And while that has really served Mount Vernon uh, students uh, and teachers uh, really well, it's also served people outside of that. We currently are, we have an official partnership with uh, Georgia Tech and the Industrial Design Division within their university. We're their sole preschool through 12 partner. Uh, in the work that they're doing in the industrial design division specific to design thinking. So that level of deepening of that expertise comes out in these experiences. In many respects, we connect with social entrepreneurs right here in the city and beyond that. So uh, it's really this collision of, of people and industries uh, that come together uh, and have a real intimate uh, experience over the course of two to three days. So hmm. love for anybody to check that out yeah. if you're interested, certainly. Absolutely. We'll include tracks. the link for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yep. I appreciate your time today. Of course.